Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And uh, happy new year, I guess. Yeah, happy new year, everyone. Um... Yeah, I don't know if you're doing the resolution thing. Um, I'm not. I'm not um, because those stress me out. Um, I have decided that this year I'm going to practice the secret. Oh, um, really? The secret? Yeah. So, but like my version is um, just that I complain a lot and I hope that the universe gets the hint. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I started I started ritual vitamins because aren't you on them? I am. Yeah. I really like them. Yeah, they they smell really minty. Yeah, it's really nice. I use uh, leftover bottles for weed so that my weed smells fresh too. Oh my god, that is ingenious! It's great. It keeps it because you know the tight sealed bottle is good for the weed, but then it just smells better because I don't really like the smell of weed. I just like to you know smoke it. So uh, no cops. That's great. <laughs> we are we are degenerates. That's cool. We are. Um. So we launched a Patreon, didn't we? We sure did. We we are kicking off this year with more more bad romance podcasts, just all around. Like yes, we've, we've got. You can you can uh, join our Patreon by you know signing up for the two dollar tier, which means you get early access to episodes. And a quarterly newsletter with good romantic comedy recommendations. So, like, all the ones that we'd say you should watch at the end of the podcast instead of whatever atrocity we're covering. You can just get a newsletter with all of those so you don't have to remember. Yes. We do it for you. For you. And the $5 tier, uh, that, that gets you... Everything for the $2 tier and the ability to request episodes, which is actually what has brought us to this current episode. Yes, yes. Um, We made the choice to start the year with a request. Now, understand that when you request, we're not going to like immediately do it. We are putting it on the schedule and, you know, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish we had... uh, not started with this one (laughs) (laughs) it's it's bad which you know fits it certainly fits into the podcast in that sense it is a bad movie just what a way to start the year it's really you know with with 2012's run for your wife you heard that pun right everyone (laughs) and if that pun made you feel something in your stomach that wasn't positive, then that is exactly how the movie makes you feel. It is uh, directed by two men, uh, John Luton and Ray Cooney. Two of them. Two two men, and they two. their names, they sound like they would design um, Tweety Bird t-shirts. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's very specific, but that's what it made me oh, feel. So this film is based on a play written by Ray Cooney that premiered in 1983 and was London at the West End's longest running comedy on the stage. I, you know, I have not been to London, so therefore I have not seen uh, theater there, but 
Yeah, I feel like I'm gathering a lot of intel from that fact. I I don't know, you know, what to say about it. Because what's interesting is that I guess what he had to do... Ray Cooney also had 17 of his plays performed at the West End. So the West End loved... They were in the Ray Cooney business. I Yeah, I mean, who did he eat out to get that many plays? I would love to know what this play looked like in 1983. Like, if it was funnier or if it was exactly the same as what we got. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Because I definitely... There's aspects of the movie, which we will obviously dive into, that um, I could see working better on a stage, just like from a comedy perspective, like the shenanigans just aren't really as compelling on the screen because you can do so many things with a movie. Um, And a lot of the humor itself is very dated, um, AKA, you know, homophobic, transphobic, et cetera. Um, But I I am curious if like in the context of 80s theater and that version of it, it actually worked or like if I would have enjoyed any part of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. And uh, Ray Cooney has been in the film business for a while, too. He wrote the screenplay for a 1960 film called The Hand, uh, which I, I don't know anything about. He wrote the screenplay for No Place Like Homicide. Ooh. From 1960. It's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh, like, these titles are so fascinating. Um, and he also, I think his, his plays have been adapted into a bunch of films too, including a TV movie called Not Now Darling, uh, from 1968. Uh, so many, oh, oh, there was a TV movie of Not Now Darling and then a theatrical film of Not Now Darling in 1973. Wow. So maybe next time I want to solve harm, I'll watch that. And uh, there's a theatrical version of his play, Why Not Stay for Breakfast, in 1979. And one of There Goes the Bride, from his play, from was adapted into a film in 1980. And I, this feels like Mad Libs. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, are these real movies? Like, this just sounds like somebody wrote down a bunch of puns, um, or just, like, you know, hypothetical titles at a bar on a napkin, and now they are in an IMDb or Wikipedia or combination of those. And I mean, you know, the internet is a wild, wild west. So I, I don't, I don't want to believe in these until I have to see them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so it's starring a bunch of English people that we don't know. Uh, Danny Dyer, uh, the English actor, Neil Morrissey playing a character his entire persona just makes me think that he is like not Peter Capaldi like aggressively not Peter Capaldi especially in this movie I kept on thinking about Paddington 2 and like how you know like humorous Peter Capaldi is and then thinking about this guy and, and charming like, yeah. and yeah yeah I I <laughs> oh Paddington 2 thank you a, for saying that out a, loud that makes me feel better already what a great film um yeah, so some other act acting people that apparently act in things. I don't know. Like this is like I feel like this is like deep cut like yeah, British comedy players kind of thing 
which is why I don't know who any of I've actually watched are. a good amount of British comedy from the 80s and 90s, um, especially like growing up. I watched a lot of it at my parents' house. So I'm not saying I would necessarily know, you know, anyone who is big, but I feel like if there are any big players, they would at least be a little bit familiar. Right. <laughs> you know, no one is familiar they, to me. They would have like appeared on To the Manor Born or Faulty Towers at some point. Yeah. And, you know, there's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this movie. So we've got a 2012 movie based on a play that was originally written in 1983. And I'm guessing that Ray Cooney waited until it was off the stage because it has to be off the stage for it to be a film. I think, or at least that's what, that's the rules in the U.S. I don't know if that's the U.K. rules. I don't know, but I think however long he waited, he waited too long. The, the time was yes. passed for this. Absolutely. I don't know if there ever was a time for this. I, I would like to think there wasn't, you know? <laughs> I would <laughs> like to think that, but imagining this six years ago, like, and, and the, the kinds of jokes that are made... Um, and just everything about it. Like, I can't imagine if I had gone to this in the theater, which I know was not a possibility anyways. Um, I I can't imagine that and feeling like, wait, this is, this is new. (laughs) Yeah, this is, I mean, it's a very simple story. A man, not even really a story. Uh, A man is he's they say that he's a taxi driver but i'm not is he a taxi driver is he a truck driver is a taxi the same thing as a truck i'm not sure anyway he drives things and he sees an old woman being mugged and it feels like at at the beginning i feel like because this guy doesn't really have a character this him saving this woman well he doesn't really save her but trying to save this woman from a mugging is is the only indication that we get that this is supposed to be a good guy. Oh, absolutely, because the rest... Well, first of all, there's not really much of a personality. There's no depth. It's just, like, him reacting to a situation he got himself right. in. But, yeah, that's the only signifier that, like, oh, yes, this is our protagonist, and we will root for him. Yeah, it just seems like um, that was it, and no one thought, okay, could we make him you know, a human being? Could we make him likable? No. We just get give him this, like, one, like, save the cat moment, like, straight from the screenwriter's hack handbook. And then he hits his head and ends up being, like, taken to the hospital, which is, okay. So the plot of this movie is essentially that he hits his head and then the police and the hospitals and stuff have to identify, like, who his loved ones are. And they identify, like, both of his wives. Like, so both of his wives figure... So he has two wives. And there's a detective that's like, okay, what is he hiding? This guy's empty. So weird. And so, like, because he was incapacitated for a little bit, he has to do this thing where he has to stop the wives from meeting each other and stop the detective yeah. from finding out that he has two wives. Because bigamy is illegal and like and right. he and basically like both the wives are calling the hospital to find out where he is and if he's okay and they're giving different addresses and they're both saying they're his wife. So I don't you know, it's interesting because like it's obvious that the movie is about him trying to hide them from each other and that the, right. and from the detective so he doesn't go to jail or, right. or, you know, face consequences. But it's never really made clear whether the detective or the hospital people actually think 
are actually on the right track, like actually think he has two wives or if they're just weirded out that he has two places. <laughs> right, exactly. Like it's so... It, and so that's that's really the entire movie. And at no point do you care. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to care about. It's It's just, it's like... He's hiding his wives from each other, and his friend, his BFF, who's not Peter Capaldi, yes. um, that's just how we're going to refer to him. Not Peter Capaldi. Danny and not Peter Capaldi. Um, he doesn't know about the wives until basically um, Danny comes home to his wife, Michelle, um, and he has, you know, his head injury, so his head's wrapped. And then um, basically, like, a local newspaper wants to interview him because, you know, he tried to help this woman. And this is, like, presumably a small town or not. It's not a huge, huge city. Um, and so this is news. And he doesn't want to get interviewed because if he's in the paper, um, especially at his home with one of his wives, then the other wife will find out. So he ends up having to tell his friend. So what we're saying, like, what's interesting is that, like, so did he never ever be in a situation like this before? Well, that was my question. Like, how did his friend... Like, so he tells his friend, and his friend's like, obviously, like, what? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I met um, Stephanie, which is his other wife. So Michelle is blonde wife. Stephanie is brunette wife. Um, Good way to tell them apart there. Good yeah. Job. Well, you gotta... That's how the whites uh, diversify in these movies. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, and... Uh, and his friends like we like obviously surprised, but also like not at all like oh I'm gonna call you out. He's just like oh well okay I better help you hide this. Like it's just yeah it, it comes on like this weird um, like understanding of brotherhood where it's just like you know we're bros so I have to protect your enormous illegal life. Like what? <laughs> yeah, and like and like you said like I I had so many questions. I feel like if they really wanted to make this movie work, even even with the just stodgy plot it has in general, um, they would have at least had some sort of scene where it kind of explains how he's made this work. You know, like, how has he hidden these women for so long? Like, they're in the same basic city. Um, they're not in other states. He doesn't... He, he drives a car. It's not like he's traveling for business. And, and his friend doesn't know. Like, how, is he, how has he been keeping this a secret for so long? We don't we don't get any indication of how he's made it work. We just know that he has these wives. And I'm like and the wives seem they're obviously sad because they're with him, but like they don't seem like it's not indicated that they're stupid. Like they're women with jobs that do their thing. So like how how would he keep this big of a secret? And the, the movie doesn't try at all to give us anything to hold on to with that. Yeah. I hate this movie so much. Like, I I was like, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe he just pretends that he works late because he drives a taxi. But it's also like, how is he able to be in bed with them both at night? Well, yeah, because, again, this is like the difference between having two wives and having, like, two girlfriends, you know? A wife, it's like his address. His name is on both addresses, so he lives both places. It's not like oh, this is my girlfriend, so I see her a few times a week. That's way more easy to keep up. And it's really annoying, like, in light of, you know, television, like, Big Love, that is really all about parsing through how fucking complicated that would be. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, this this is like <laughs> such a reductive version, and it's really just it's like him having two wives. Even though that's the center of the plot, it's also really just um, a plot device, right? Because there's nothing. He doesn't, he keeps on saying that he can't lose either one of them, but you don't know why, and you don't know what's important about them, and you don't know what the connection is. And also, you don't know why they would want him, because he's not attractive, he's not charming, he's not interesting, he has no He has qualities. nothing. Like he there's has nothing. Like, if, th- if they at least made him, like, charming, and then, like, they showed him connecting with both of them in extremely different ways, I wouldn't be like, okay, bro, I'm on your side, but I would understand it. Like, I know that he would never, um, like, he's, you know, lower himself to be in this movie, but could you imagine, like, Hugh Grant or, like, someone Oh, like yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Like, Hugh Grant could pull this off, um, which is why he is not in this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the problem... Another problem with this movie is that it is some of the worst filmmaking I've ever seen. You can tell that it was made by people who make plays because everything looks like a set. I, there was a building that, that that is displayed in the film that I was like, is that a building? It's really, is that a real building? And like the camera quality? Like I have friends who make, you know, shorts in New York and on a budget and their shit looks so much better than this. Um, and I'm like, this had something of a budget. Like how how did they get such bad camera quality? Everything like this, looks, it would look better on my phone. Like I'm not even. It <laughs> looks like a set. Like all of the all of the bright colors, all of the open doorways, all of the weird set dressings, all of the empty space. It looks like they took theater sets and then shot them, and then did not shoot them well because a lot of it's just shot. Reverse shot, master shot, close up, master shot, close up, master shot, close up. Rarely ever a medium shot. Like, yeah, it's really only until the end of um, the film when there's like that final moment where he's with the cop and the cop is like, I got you. And I'm questioning you where it starts to look like a movie like it starts to look like an actual movie. You it know, doesn't. Like, yeah, it really doesn't look like a movie. And that took me out of it, too, because I can watch. I mean, we watch a lot of bad movies for this podcast, but if it looks like a movie and it feels like a movie, I am able to pay more attention. With this, I had to actively make myself watch. Like, I, I, because I, there was no plot arc. It was just a situation. It was like one long situation. It looked horrible. The camera quality was horrible. There was no cinematography. I wouldn't even, there, there's nobody involved in this film I would call a cinematographer based on what I saw. It, it was, yeah, it, it it was like watching a play that, uh, like a bad play on tape. And even good plays aren't interesting to watch on videotape because that's not how they're supposed to be viewed. Yeah, I would say I've watched tapes of Tyler Perry plays and man, they look they look amazing compared to this. Oh, yeah. Like amazing. if this was actually a tape of a play, it would look better than this yeah. movie. Um, it's like the worst of both. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's so... And nobody's, like, even the women, like, I empathize with them, of course, because, you know, um, because they are the ones being wronged, and because I automatically, usually, my default is to empathize with the women until otherwise... Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> Until course, otherwise, you know, uh, inspired. But, but they don't give us enough about them for me to really even latch onto them either. Like, because I could have latched onto this in a in a hate, 
in a hate watch and in a fuck this antagonist kind of way. But the women are really just objects for this man to keep. Yeah, they're they're just very much just like props for him that he has to protect the reasons. And there's a bunch of just like stuff. There's like this character whose entire point is to be gay. There's a spill it. There's a sewage issue. They're sitting so on a gross. Yeah. And thinking that it's like poop. There's like, oh no, secret gay relationships. There's transphobia. There's, and, and you know, all of those things would be a side note if the movie, if there was anything to say about the movie, but it's just really a centerpiece of men thinking that a story is more interesting than it is. Yes, it's like, it feels like this story was inspired by a conversation between two male friends at a bar where one of them was like, oh man, like what would you do if you fell in love with two women and you wanted to get married to both of them? And like, like a, a conversation that might be interesting in the moment but doesn't actually have any like any anything to to grab onto and it's yeah i i you know i was interested because i feel like stephanie okay so the first wife is michelle she's the blonde one yes we don't know what she does for work or if she has a job but it's very much implied like she was married him first she feels like if this was a mistress situation she would be the wife and and stephanie would be the mistress um, Stephanie is always wearing a crop top. She's uh, an aerobics instructor. Um, she's got short hair. They met like at a bar or something. Like so, she's got the like. It's kind of implied that like Michelle is his his ride or die, and Stephanie's like his um, his edgy, sexy wife or something. Yeah, but that's all we know. Like I, I just why why did he have to marry her? That's that's my other question. Why why couldn't he just cheat on his wife? And I'm again, I'm not saying that's what I think he should have done, but it doesn't make sense. It he doesn't only, make sense for him to do this, this illegal thing. Yeah, he knew a woman for a day and then apparently she proposed to him. And yeah, well, you know, she's got short hair and she has a job, so she's going to propose. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's so, like, emotionally. I'm so, like, I don't know if you can hear this, listeners, but I am sick. I got sick over the holidays, and I am still sick, and I came home, and I had to watch this, and questioned my entire life. And I, I want this to be destroyed. <laughs> I, I, do, I do too. And I, what is funny is that like we watched this for free on YouTube, so we didn't even waste any money on this. Yeah, because there's movies we've watched where we had to like, you know, pay three dollars or something, and this was free. I had to watch an episodes of Shits Creek to like wash this down. <laughs> like I was like, what's something funny with good writing? Okay. <laughs> like um, Oh my god, this made me feel so much better about my own work. Like I was like, I immediately want to send you like a script that I've been working on and be please like, do. Let's just let's, let's just, just make, make it. it. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just like, what is this? We just make something on one of our phones, you know? <laughs> yes, or like yes. I mean we have friends with equipment. Like I I that is one of the things about this podcast that is like inspiring is that there's so many people that don't seem to have any self-awareness about their work that just make awful things. And I'm like, okay, I know 
statistically as a creative, like you, even if you are really smart and you care a lot, you're going to make something that you don't feel proud of later. But this, I don't think I would ever make this. No, no, I don't think so. Actually, I think the the, the moral of this episode, uh, this episode, the first episode of season three of the Bad Romance podcast. Ooh, season two, three. Two, that's season three is usually the peak. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. We're we're going into it. So uh, I think, ladies, something to remember. So this is specifically for the ladies. If you would like to make a film, please do it. Yes, <laughs> because there are so many men out here doing the most and we need to wash them away <laughs> we do this is this is the kind of thing that just makes me realize that like because you know when i was in grad school i wrote a bunch of scripts and then i was immediately like i graduated and i was just like oh no i can't show these to anybody like just because they went well in school and my professors like that doesn't mean they're good and they have just been like sitting in my dropbox you know collecting internet dust no we need to and this really just has it into perspective. I really need to get into gear with my work. Absolutely. This is I this is honestly this is this is a, the kick in the pants that we needed. Uh, yeah, and and in that sense I do I am glad that we're starting season 3 and we're starting 2019 with this with this uh movie, I guess I will call it. Um because it is it's reminding us to just do just do it. Like um it's uh, there's not even any running. How dare you? Yeah, there's Advertise not like advertised running. Before we started we're, before we started um recording, I said that this movie just feels like one long chase scene with like no character development. But there's not even the thrill of the chase, you know? If they had like a car crash or some explosions, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like I I would actually be more into this movie, but it's just like people going into different apartments and lying. Um and the worst part is, in the end, he's still with both of the women. Oh, yeah. That's the punchline of this movie is that he, this detective, has been trying to figure out what his deal is the entire movie. He finally comes clean to the detective that he has two wives, and the detective doesn't believe him. Yeah. And he just gets away with it. And he just gets away with it, and somehow the wives who do meet each other but are lied to about who each other are. Um, basically, his friend pretends he's married to one of them. Um, it's it's not even worth, like, explaining the no. details of. It's really not. No. Um, uh, both of them, like, somehow s- are fine with him, even after all this weird stuff where he's, like, li- like, it was implied that he was in a secret relationship with not Peter Capaldi. Um, and all, and he's running around and he's obviously lying about stuff, but both of them are still with him in the end. And then they tell him both of them, this is like the kicker for this horrible thing that I watched. I'm just going to call it a thing. Yeah. Um, is that they're both pregnant and we're supposed to all be like, ha ha. Oh, how is he going to deal with this? And I'm just like, Oh, throw it away, throw it in the trash. And by it, I mean this thing that I watched, but also him, his character. Yes. What a garbage man. Like, truly, like, he's definitely not ready to be a father. I mean, oof. I just hope that these women meet each other again and fall in love and then raise their children together and then only give him, like, weekend visitation. Right? That would be, see, that would be... um, That's the movie. And then he realizes, 
he didn't know them that well because they fall in love because they connect over actual things. Oh yeah, and oh, he's man. like, "What? I didn't know that about you." And then and then We're both writing wives, a better movie. <laughs> both wives are like, "Oh yeah, well you never asked or you never listened." <laughs> We're literally rewriting this movie because it's so bad. So I don't know what to say better. about it. I want to watch that movie, right? <laughs> so I mean, I just it's. It's really like that's the thing is sometimes movies are so bad it's not even like there's not even that much to talk about because there's not enough there's not enough um to hold on to. Oh yeah. Um cuz there are movies that are bad but you feel it's a movie. Yes, it's a movie and you feel a sense of passion, you feel the director's intention, you see artistic flourishes where they're clearly trying to say something yeah trying to get something across it might be misguided yeah at least it's something there's nothing here (laughs) absolutely nothing and and you don't yeah there there's there's nothing there's really nothing there's not even because a lot of the movies we cover there will be like one actor or actress that i i feel like could really kill it in something else right or a character that i like that if if the writing was better i would want to watch but yeah. i don't like any of the characters like nope. even the women because like i said earlier there's just not enough we don't about know them. them we don't yeah. we don't know who they are we don't know what they want we don't know <sighs> don't make movies like this and like not peter capaldi is definitely supposed to be like the funniest character like that's definitely implied he he's given those lines he sits on the cake which of course makes it look like you know he shot himself and then later realizes it and eats the cake off his own butt like he's supposed to be the funny guy um and he just i mean i don't know maybe that actor could like the i i don't know how anyone could have really succeeded with this with this script as is but yeah, I couldn't normally I root for the funny person, but um nope. there there this movie was just stripped of all humanity. <laughs> Am I dramatic? Yes. Do I mean it? Yes. So in conclusion, what you should watch is really anything else. Literally anything. Anything else. Like and if you want to watch like a like a farce where it's like oh no, something is happening or this is happening or there's a misunderstanding and what are we gonna do? And you know what? Watch Midsummer's Night Dream, Midsummer Night Dream, Midsummer Night Dream. Whatever you know what it is. Okay, yes. watch that. Yes, <laughs> I'm sick, so I'm not gonna pronounce anything correctly. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's okay. Shakespeare's dead. He won't come for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, just mm, Shakespeare. Shakespeare understood how to make a fucking rom com. Shakespeare knew the rom-com. Okay? Yeah, and this was literally a time where men were playing everyone, and he made it work yes and his plays were adapted into films that were visually interesting to watch anyway so just enjoy i mean she's the man yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) enjoy some shakespeare get some art in your life you know it's a you know that it's really cut into our soul when we're recommending shakespeare yeah just shakespeare (laughs) just like yeah just like get into shakespeare if you haven't already yeah yeah if you if you still don't know about that guy shakespeare he's pretty good check him out yeah there's a a biopic coming out oh well kind of yeah the did you see the preview for it no wow okay well i will show it to you off of the podcast i want to get your thoughts because there's some really ridiculous wigs but i know i'm going to see this because like 
my mom taught Shakespeare, and my I'm very much in a Shakespeare family, so I gotta. Oh yeah, and I have a Shakespeare boyfriend. His whole thing is Shakespeare. There, do you know? You're like, surrounded by the Shakespeare's. There are so many Shakespeare books in this apartment. It's 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 wild, and also Shakespeare trading cards, Shakespearean insults, like Shakespeare trading cards. I love that. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, so anyway, if you want more of us. Patreon.com slash bad romance pod. That is patreon.com slash bad romance pod. Oh, and you know, us. we didn't tell them about our highest tier at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, yeah, the we- highest tier, the $8 tier, where you will get bonus episodes where we will be t- discussing television. Yes, we're going to do some romantic television shows, and, and you know, all of our other episodes are obviously going to be available for free um, on all platforms. You just get them early with the Patreon, but the television ones are only going to be available if you are in our, our Patreon. On our Patreon, and yeah. you, get, you get, you know, you get a sp- specialty feed link that you can put into your Apple podcast or whatever, and then it'll be it'll be your own personal podcast. So if you want to hear us talk about some TV as well, then, you know, hop on. Um, but also, if you want to request, you can hop on to the 5 or 8 tier. And if you just want to listen to our voices early and get some recommendations, you can hop on to the 2. And if you don't want to do any of those, then we also love you and wa- hope that you keep listening and hanging out with us. Yeah. So... You know, this new year, you don't have to have any big resolutions aside from support us, love us, of course, and uh, do whatever else you were going to do. Yeah, take care of yourself and, um, you know, remember that uh, the internet is um, an illusion um, that's collecting (laughs) your data. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm doing well, obviously. (laughs) I'm Jordan Searles. I'm doing swell. Bye guys. Bye. Yeah. Let's dump this truck.